Hello, and welcome to episode 165 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel on it at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with some of the creators from Cthulhu Invades Oz. This is Matt, and I'm happy to be joined by Travis Gibb. Hey! Chuck Perrineau. Hola! And Stoney Williams. Hey, everybody. Hey, so... Uh, Travis, this is your third time being on the podcast. So for anybody who wasn't there to listen to you uh, talk about uh, Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies or, or Voodoo Nations, could you give us a quick bio about yourself? Yeah, we absolutely can. But I really, what they should do is just stop right now. Go ahead and look at those, listen to them. Listen to my beautiful voice. Get to know me before you start <laughs> on this one. Know the journey that Matthew and I have had together. Like, I think it's important, right? Just take a minute and do that. Come back, we'll wait. Chuck will wait and uh, Matthew will wait. We'll all wait while you do that. All right, yeah, those you did are say back. quick, right? Right, right. <laughs> just real quick. All right, now we're on pause. All right, we're back. Uh, so, Travis, I'm a writer creator. Um, I create a whole bunch of books through Aaron Cohn's Productions as well as do all sorts of other things. Like right now, I'm, on, I'm live with three Kickstarters. It's crazy. Um, which is one less than Chuck. But. <laughs> Um, I do Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies, which is a crime book about two guys break down on the side of the road, lots of guns, lots of violence, lots of F-words. They hate each other, lots of mafia stuff. You like that crime stuff, crime noir, stray bullets, 100 bullets. You'll love that. Uh, Voodoo Nations. Voodoo Nations is a uh, beautiful story about uh, two missionaries who go to Brazil and lots of bad things happen to them. And they meet up with a very evil voodoo priest called Bishop Lewis. Very nice. And, and Chuck, how about, how about you? How about a, a quick bio about yourself? I'll see if I can actually go quick. Yeah. I'm a, freelance, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a freelance writer and editor of such projects as Welcome to the Void, Belial, number two is on Kickstarter right now, Essence House, which is an audio drama and, that we're turning into a novel, also on Kickstarter. And um, I work on tons of other people's projects, such as Crusade of Dracula, which is also on Kickstarter, so. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I love that Crusade of uh, Dracula book. I, I backed that the other day. That looks pretty amazing. It's re honestly, man, it's such a good book. You're honestly going to enjoy yourself a lot. Very cool. And uh, Stoney, uh, how about uh, a quick bio about yourself? Uh, sure. I, I'm a, a new comic book writer. I, I won the Mad Key Talent Hunt Contest in 2018. I have my own comic book out on shelves right now called Villainous. Issue two comes out in a week. Uh, I colored a story on Cthulhu Invades Oz for another Mad Key writer, David Galliano, who did uh, Savage Bastards. And that was one of my first uh, forays into the coloring world. I really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, I've got some other projects in the works, but that's it right now. Okay. Uh, so let's, let's kick it back to, to Travis. Travis, um, how, what's, what's the elevator pitch um, for, for Cthulhu Invades Oz? I, I'm pretty sure I can guess that it's characters from one universe versus uh, a, another universe, but uh, how about if you uh, expand on that a little bit? I mean, that's what's great about this particular book. Like it, the title kind of is the elevator pitch, right? Mm -hmm. Cthulhu Invades Oz. There you go. Um, but the, the basic synopsis is this. Um, uh, Dorothy meets some of the Denzins of Lovecraft uh, and in doing so accidentally gives the whereabouts of Oz and Cthulhu and all his den denizens invade Oz and deal with all the magical mysticism of that and a little war happens and we'll see what happens. What's cool about it is it's an anthology story but it's one set continuity. So everything fits in continuity even though it's they're all anthology pieces. So we have 50 plus creators in this book telling 20 stories, um, which is pretty fantastic uh, uh, in the universe. And besides that, we have some prose in here and we have some some poems written by uh, some good poets and writers. So it's it's a, something for everybody, really. Okay, well, that's something I'm gonna wanna come back to is yeah. how you kept that continuity of the of the story. So that's that's something for when we come back to you as the sort of the the, the main sort of creative or the, the originator of the idea. Um, Chuck, uh, what, is, what is your story uh, in this book? I got really lucky early on. He um, pitched the idea to me. Travis and I are really good buds. So he threw the idea at me and I got really excited. And I played the original Call of Cthulhu game 
Um, I didn't, I haven't read a lot of the actual Lovecraft stuff, but I love to play the RPG. And if you've ever played that, it's not like D&D where you can level up and become something amazing. Basically in that game, you either die or you go insane. <laughs> Those are the, <laughs> that's the only way to go anywhere in that game. And I thought, and, and the whole idea is that you end up learning so much of the uh, Cthulhu mythology and whatnot that that drives you nuts. And I thought, what would happen to a character like the Scarecrow who becomes effectively one of the smartest people in Oz if they ended up having to learn about the Cthulhu um, mythology and learning, reading the books and the magic, the arcana, all that kind of stuff. And so that's something that I got to play with in my story. So it seems like for you, you sort of had the, maybe the, the Lovecraft elements first, and then you um, looked for the, the Oz character that would sort of either um, allow you to expand upon that or, or fit uh, as fit into that story as, as best as possible. Yeah. I mean, I think, cause I, I don't know Cthulhu as well. Mm -hmm. So I latched on to the one thing that I did kind of know and went, Hey, what does this connect to the easiest? And to me, it was just like, Oh, the scarecrow, that'd be so cool. Very nice. And as Stoney, it sounds to me like you're becoming a bit of a, a Swiss army knife in, in comics creation, because you, you, you have the, uh, you know, you have the background and the writer as the writer, you know, you, you won the, the mad cave from, from 2018 and you're writing a book right now. And in this book, you're, you're doing some coloring. Um, are you, would, uh, are you sort of self-taught? Are you watching like tutorials or are you just sort of going in there finding things that, that work? Um, and actually before you do that, what story are you coloring in this book? I colored The Watch, which stars TikTok, the mechanical man. Um, and yeah, especially with my writing, I'm self-taught. Uh, I grew up around comic books. I grew up in the back of the comic book store. Uh, but um, it wasn't until recently that I considered it as a career choice. Uh, so in that regard, I, I'm completely self-taught. I, I, I uh, look to people like uh, Matt Hawkins at, for a lot of inspiration and a lot of uh, uh, cues as to, to where to look to learn the craft, especially with the Top Cow Talent Hunt. I entered that in 2016. I obviously didn't win, but uh, the experience taught me a lot and, and really prepared me for Mad Cave's Talent Hunt. Um, when it comes to coloring, I've actually taken some courses from Kurt Michael Russell, who is a colorist. Uh, right now, he's doing a lot of stuff for Volt. And uh, the, the man is just amazing. He, he does a lot of free stuff on YouTube. Uh, he streams and will answer questions live. And the community there is incredible. The chat that he has going on all the time is really warm and welcoming, and, and he's very engaged with it. But then he has online classes you can actually uh, uh, pay for and take. And uh, I learned a lot from that going in there. Uh, and then, uh, you know, obviously the, the experience and actually doing the thing was, was vastly different. And I had a couple of guys give me some pointers and, and help guide me along with that. Uh, I'm also learning how to letter. And I have gotten together with the letterer for uh, Villainous, the, my book, through Mad Cave, who does a lot of Mad Cave books, uh, Justin Birch. And I've gotten together with him a time or two. I've watched some of uh, his videos that he's done uh, talking about lettering. And uh, I've, I've watched some stuff on YouTube about it, but, but I'm really flying by the seat of my pants over that. Uh, I am lettering a book for Ashcan Comics Club. A uh, gentleman named Nate Lindley runs it and mm -hmm. asked me if uh, I wanted to help write. And uh, he said, also, we don't have a letterer. So if that's something that you'd like to do, this would be a, a great opportunity to do that. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's independent and, and it's real loose and it's something that I, I could definitely learn as I go. So I thought it was an incredible opportunity to try and do something like that. Very cool. And do you think that like these skills that you're, you're building, you know, doing a coloring and, and doing some lettering, um, are going to influence like, how you write in the future? Like, do you think like if you, if you go into a scene, you might make some like suggestions, you know, I want to go with cool tones here. I want to sort of make, you know, this environment feel like dark and cold and then sort of, you know, a lot of times as writers, we might be a little bit verbose and put a lot of words in. And now that you're the guy that's got to fit all of those words into to a panel, um, is that going to, you think, is that going to change the way you, that, that, you, that you write or sort of maybe give yourself a little uh, voice in the back of your head? Don't put uh, too many words in this panel and stuff like that. 
Absolutely, a hundred percent, especially with the lettering, but but with the coloring too. Uh, and that's why I started those things is I wanted to be a better writer and write for the rest of the team as much as I, I'm writing for myself and and learning what they look for and, and the cues and things was was really important and has absolutely influenced my writing, obviously, especially the lettering. Um, when I first started out, I wasn't clear on how many words you really wanted to aim for in a panel. And so I went to Neil Gaiman's Tumblr and flat out asked him. And I was like, you know, do you have any advice for you know, up and coming writers? You know, something, a, a rule or do's and don'ts. And he said, uh, uh, 30 words to a panel, 120 words to a page. Oh, wow. After that, you can break that rule once you know what you're doing. But that's a, a good thing to, to stick I was going to say, I've read Neil Gaiman books. That, that rule does not apply. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. But, but even sticking to that, now that I've done some lettering, that's, that's like way too many words. <laughs> and, and writing the dialogue for this book that I'm also lettering, I have nobody but myself to yell at. And I, I absolutely understand uh, some of the complaints that letters have about writers. Um, 30 words to a, a balloon is way, way, way too many. Cut mm-hmm. that in half and, and then, then start. Um, but, but it has absolutely influenced my writing and, and changed the way I write and who I write for. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. It's, it's good to have those experiences so that you want it probably is influencing uh, the, the way you go about things, but it also probably helps you um, have the conversations, you know, um, with the letter, or with the color, you, you, you probably have a better understanding as well. So that helps the communication. Absolutely, 100% for sure. And, and I'd love to, to do art and, and draw myself. Unfortunately, all of my art comes out looking like stick figures that were victims of tragic farming accidents. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't don't worry about it, Stony. The colorist will fix it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> Chuck, you should write that story. I'm excited. Let's, let's make this happen. <laughs> so, Where will we find a letterer? Actually, screw that. We'll have Matt, Matthew's a hell of a writer himself. Matthew, you can write the, oh, the stick go. figure. Chuck will edit it to make sure it's good under Gosh. the 120 word Neil Gaiman uh, quota. <laughs> And we'll make this happen. I'm excited. I'll, All I'll right. Make it. I'll like make it. it on an orange cone. It's, it's, it's ready to go. I like it. All the pieces are, are coming together. So, Travis, how long have you sort of uh, had the idea uh, for, for this book? Uh, so this has been uh, over a year, I, I would say. Um, I had the idea for this. Uh, actually, I wouldn't even say it's longer than that. I probably had it for about two years. My wife, uh, we were sitting together after we came out with the first issue of Birkdown. We're in Ikea eating some meatballs like you do. And she was just like, if you could do one book, what do you think would sell really, really well? And then I pitched her what my concept would be. I was like, but if I just wanted to really like hit some fanboys with some stuff and work with my friends, I would do Cthulhu Invades Oz. I think that everyone on Kickstarter loves Cthulhu. I know that Wizard of Oz does really well on Kickstarter. I think putting those two together would be a happy medium, you know? Uh, so, so that was my idea. I called Chuck, because Chuck, like Chuck said, Chuck is one of my best friends. Uh, and I called him up, I said, I want to do this idea. And I gave him my short list. Here's the people I want to ask. And I told him, I'm going to ask these people. And if I can get three of the five to say, yes, I'll do this book. Um, and and I, we asked the list and all five said, yes, they were yeah. all in. Um, and I was like, all right, I guess we're gonna have to do this book. So then I talked to it. And then that's when Chuck actually said, hey, can I have Scarecrow? Because he knew some of the names I had. And he was like, is it time to claim? Because uh, we're... <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> time to claim. Um, I actually think you... Did you ask for Lion first? And then I had to tell you Richard Rivera. Was that, if I remember correctly? No, I, I was like... Uh, I, I actually didn't want to take the Scarecrow because I was like, you know, one of the big boys should... Right, 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 right. Sure. And then the idea was stuck there and I was like, dude, I have such a good idea for the scarecrow. And you're like, no one took it. All right, then dibs, like whatever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we had it together. We've been working on this for about a year and a half, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a year of production. And I got to tell you, Matt, everyone has these horror stories about anthologies. I don't have any of those. All my guys got my stuff do- got stuff done. And when someone put- pushed the page, like two days later, someone else would do a page because it was like a competition who can have the better page and the better wow factor, the more likes. 
it was like our own private like fan page or something that nobody knew existed. The, the level of nerdiness in that production group was amazing because everyone is freaking out over what the other guys did. It's like, oh, damn, look what you did there. That's awesome. And then somebody else would throw it and everyone would jump on. It was it was really cool. I've, I've never been a part of anything like that. Yeah, it was definitely a really cool, like everybody was really rooting for each other and, and fans of each other. And so it was a really cool, really supportive uh, environment and really great to be a part of. And everyone hit their deadline. Everyone hit their deadline but me. <laughs> literally, I was yelling at everybody, make sure you hit your deadlines, do this, do this. And then literally I looked down, I was like, my stuff is in color. Oh my God. <laughs> and then I was quiet and nobody heard me for a bit. And then all of a sudden, just, all of a sudden it was colored. <laughs> but they knew, they, they all knew. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to, I was actually, that was going to lead into my sort of my next observation that it probably was helpful to have all of those pages being posted because I've been in a number of anthologies where, you know, you go into that sort of private group where, you know, there's a lot of excitement at the end. And then there's sort of that middle period where nobody's posting, you don't hear from people a lot. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, hey, you know, you guys have seven days and then there's a lot of, you know, action to, to tie everything up. So it was probably sort of very beneficial to you to, to see stuff going forward and, and beneficial for others to see it and sort of create that sort of momentum to, to keep going. Uh, yeah, I absolutely think so. It was really funny too, because what, unlike I've been in those groups, you know, we're in one together that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, what was different about it was when someone posts, probably the first or third comment was, I'm so sorry, I haven't got my page. I'll get it to you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, like no yelling, no like, hey, deadlines are coming up. Just when somebody else posts, they're like, oh man, I've got to do my work. I got to get it back. You know, um, it, it was so amazing. And like, What's weird about it is we had so many creators posting stuff. At mm -hmm. the end, people didn't even know who's in the book. Like people like, I was like, hey, do you guys have any more last questions? Yeah, who's in this book? Like, I feel like everybody breaks <laughs> any comments in this book. Can you give me a list? And I was like, sure. <laughs> No, it's 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 uh it's it's a very impressive list. Um, you know, a lot of us we run in the the sort of the same circles, but uh, you know, a lot of those those names that that I saw as I scrolled through the Kickstarter page, it's you know a lot of folks that I've seen their work before, and I know that they they deliver the goods. Um, when you were reaching out to people, was that one of the things that like sort of gave you a sense of sort of relief that you were working with people you know have have done things in the past and have made like cool things in the past yeah um i felt crappy about it uh you know that's that's why chuck and i are best friends because chuck is the person who reminds me that just because you're doing something some way doesn't mean you have to feel bad about it because i felt super bad that he didn't do an all call and like messaging people and he's like but it's your book like mm -hmm. it's your book don't worry about that um but I think it's because of that that I got, uh, you know, everyone knew that they, they were wanted, mm -hmm. not, not like they were, they were wanted in this book. Like I chose them. I want you to be part. I want you to put a team together. I trust you. Uh, I think that that trust added to the commitment of this, this book and the story itself, right? You, there's so many places you can go with Cthulhu Invades Oz. You know, the, they, they all got a big, big thing to play with, you know, just if you've only seen the movies, you Every writer in the world has tons of ideas of where you can go with that. And that's not counting the other, you know, 14 novels that we have access to. The other six movies that are available, if you count Return to Oz and Wonderful World of and The Wiz and all the other stuff, you know, some can and some not. Uh, I, I think that that really inspired people and got people on it and, and allowed us such success in such great caliber of work is because I literally asked the best people I know in comics. It was, who do I know who is the best? And, and, and that's why I asked, uh, let me revise, the best who I knew would answer my emails. <laughs> I, I, didn't go, I didn't go, Jim Lee, I know you're pretty good. So are you? <laughs> are you busy? Are you doing are you busy? <laughs> well, but I, and I would actually argue because you specifically went out and chose people, this worked better than if you had done an open call. Because the thing about an open call is like, We've all gotten those open calls and it's like, cool, you know, 
you go and you make a pitch and then you have an idea and then you start to realize, oh man, I'm a little overly busy. So you let it slide and maybe you drop out of that one because it just didn't work with your schedule. We couldn't afford for that to happen in this one. I mean, he had a narrative and it was something that everything had to kind of work together and we needed a timeline and all that kind of stuff. So you needed to understand that every little piece, every gear, all of that had to work together, all had to build up to this really cool conclusion. And so because of that, we needed these people to really feel like they were a part of it. And so that's why I feel like the way Travis did this was exactly the way it had to be done. People felt uh, responsible. They felt like this was something they had to be a part of. And it, it all came together really nicely. And here we are, most anthologies, you're kickstarting them, but they're not done. You know, but we are done. Like we're literally proofing this bad boy. She's ready to go. Yeah, I know that that's a that's a way that Travis from the other interviews we've we've done. That's something that he's very much um, about. Is that uh, that the book is ready to go? Um, you know, I think Travis, your philosophy is like the line art has to be has to be done when when you go go to Kickstarter, right? Yeah, correct. The line, well, I actually do line art and, and most of the colors. Like I really want as much of it to be done for this particular book. Line art, lettering, and colors all had to be done before we, we pitched it. The only thing that's left is signature pages, table of contents. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of the poems are, actually all the poems are in now. Uh, we need some prose pieces that are written, but I really want itself in and it's for your best interest, right? You know that you have it and you're ready to go. My goal, even though we have February and the thing, I want to get this to people by Christmas if I can. And I'm going to work really hard to do that. I'm not going to make that promise because of mail system and, and yeah. I've never done a trade before, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But that's my goal. Um, Cause I, I want people to be able to share this. Cause I think this is a good Christmas gift, you know, Giving, uh, you know, I'm going to pick on myself. I'll pick on myself. I was going to pick on Chuck, but I'll pick on myself. Giving broke down and four dead bodies is not probably the best Christmas gift for <laughs> you know, someone. But, but an Oz-related thing in Cthulhu is not going to be offensive. The, all the stories are PG-ish, you know, PG-13. Nothing is, there's no vulgarity because, again, we're using the, the rules of Oz, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I think that doing something like that is, is super important. And especially when you're doing an anthology, right? Cause you can advertise someone as doing a piece and it's not there, mm -hmm. right? And I don't want that. I didn't want that at all. So unless you had the piece done, I'm not gonna advertise you that you're in the book. Awesome. So uh, Travis, you had said earlier um, that you had sort of established a continuity for this store for the, for these stories. Um, can you speak a little bit about how you established that? And then once the stories were, were coming in, how you, you work to fit everything together? Yeah. Um, basically I asked Stoney cause Stoney does everything in comics and said, <laughs> what's the best way to do this? Uh, <laughs> and Stoney says, uh, I'm not the writer of this buddy. I'm just a colorist. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Above my pay grades this time. Sorry. <laughs> um, so there was a few rules that all the guys had to follow. One, your character is your character. If anybody wants to use that character, they have to ask you permission to do so. You may have a flashback to like, um, like the Wizard of Oz original novel. You can have a flashback to that. But beyond that, you can't use the character. Number two, if you use that character, it has to look consistent throughout the book for the most part. Um, Three, the way I set this up is this is days of an invasion. So on day one, Dorothy does something that, that allows Cthulhu to come into Oz. That's day one. And then we're looking at snapshots of each of these scenes or snapshots. So day 17 of the invasion, Scarecrow goes a little crazy. Uh, Sony's thing is, is midway through during the war. So that's day 147 of, of the snapshot. So that, that all had to be there. Um, so those are the two major continuity things. The other thing that wasn't part of continuity, like wasn't something I said, but worked out. So we had the beginning and the end plan. So I ha hired someone to do the ending, my ending, and I and I wrote the beginning because um, I was going to write both uh, because they're the only ones that have Dorothy. But what was interesting as people started coming in and putting their stories together, 
they started getting a little silly as they progressed. Um, and then I realized that one of the cool things that I can add to the continuity, because this is one of the cool things about doing it, is as Cthulhu's invading, he's actually getting a little of silliness of the magic of Oz. Okay. So he's getting a little sillier as it progresses. Because when you see him, it's violent and evil and all that. And then it progresses to a little bit more Aussie and Cthulhu, a little bit more uh, Cthulhu's hard to spell Cthulhu, right? Mm -hmm. If you ever read that anthology, there's a lot of silliness in that. Um, and I, that ended up working out really well when the editors and the proofers kind of looked through the book. They were like, wow, that works out really well in establishing that. So those are the rules, and that's how we kept the continuity. So basically, um, Chuck's con Chuck stuff uh, has to happen. A certain things happen at certain points, uh, but they don't contradict each other. So if, if, if for some reason Scarecrow dies on page 110, he cannot appear in anything past 110. Or yeah, actually, um, Greg Anderson Elise got in touch with me, and he said, uh, and this was earlier on. He said, "Hey, um, I, I'm going to use the scarecrow at some point." And I was like, "Okay, well, let's. Um, when is it?" And I started asking him questions, and he's like, "It's just easier. Do you want to check out my script?" And I'm like, "Yeah. Do you want to check out mine?" And so we got to pass off scripts, and both of us are like totally geeking out, you know, reading the other guy's script, and and of course now we we completely know you know where the other guy can come from so we can kind of like shoot ideas off each other to make it work because at the end of the day i don't want to just say no you can't use him mm -hmm. I, I want him to be able to have the coolest story possible and it ended up being a very easy fix so it wasn't a problem but yeah even that camaraderie and things like that it just like it was almost like it was built into the gears man it was just everyone was so excited to see what the other guys were doing and Sony, I think your your story has Os Osmea and uh, Tin Man, right? In the early, uh, it does. Yeah, we see Tin Man. Um, we see um, the gardener, um, yeah. Ozma, the the Rose Princess. Yeah. yeah. So, Travis, were you um, telling the folks like what day that their story appeared in, or or were they sort of uh, giving you like a a time frame where they thought that they might appear in, so that you could sort of slide them around, or were they sort of slotted into different spots by you? No, I didn't tell anybody the days that there was because I wanted the freedom to allow the editors to build the tension. Mm -hmm. uh, up of stuff i did um when everyone submitted their script i told them about where they would be so i said this is prologue this is uh you know early invasion this is the war you know these are the war times and this is there and i slotted them in a in a document that said where they'd be but i never said what days to allow us to move it around and what's great about it is most of the writers um you know uh, were really good at uh, picking their zone and picking their own stuff really good, you know. The only ones that got a little uh, convoluted is when we get to the war of the Emerald City because everyone wanted to use the Emerald City and what does that look like and fighting over that property. But, you know, that was the the only toughest part. But uh, we, I think we did a really good job of putting it together when it was all said and done. We had to change a line or two of dialogue to make it work, but, but nothing, you know, continuity-wise. When you put the stories together, did it... Uh... Did you did you get there really early on? Was there, or did you almost like get to the point where you had like one of those beautiful minds sort of like cork boards where you're like, if I move this here, I have to I have to do this, or did everything fall in line pretty easily? Uh, no, we had a beautiful mind in a little bit, and we're still working on it. Like uh, Chuck and my wife are gonna go do the final edits, and they may decide to move the stories around, and you know they have the authority to do that. I trust both of them immensely. I'm sleeping with both of them, so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> um, but no, um, so that may change, but no, it seemed to really flow properly. You know, um, it, it seemed to naturally do that, which is great because again, we've got great storytellers. Uh, that's one of the benefits of picking storytellers is they know when to come in and out of the action. And when they knew that this was snapshots of the invasion, they really just got to the nitty gritty of what is the most important thing to say. Uh, and I'm gonna write a big, beautiful piece in the beginning that says, hey guys, you know, you're gonna read this and you're gonna see your characters, some of your characters that you love in a state that you've never seen before. Please understand that you're getting them in a snapshot. You know, you know and that's why we're showing uh, 147 days before you see the scarecrow. 
a lot happened to the stairs scarecrow if anybody's seen the preview he's stabbing a mofo like <laughs> i never saw the scarecrow stab a mofo in the way of Oz. I've, I've read the book i've seen the movie never saw it in the cat too <laughs> but now it's canon so it's fine um and uh, so we 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 we're gonna give a nice little piece that kind of talks about that and kind of showing people. And the beautiful of, the beautiful of doing it this way is if we want to do a sequel to this book, like a uh, Cthulhu Mage Wizard of Oz two, mm -hmm. we can do it and still use some of the characters. You know, Tin Man may be dead on uh, page two hundred on on day two hundred, but that's two hundred days that he can fight and do all sorts of really cool things that we we can play with. So I wanted the, the ability to do that, even though we have a sequel in mind. In fact, it's already been greenlit because I was stupid um, and we're working on putting it together. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 kind of the stuff. You got anything to add to that, Chuck? I, I feel like you did. No, no, dude. I think I think you're nailing it. Uh, I'm going to let you have this one. <laughs> All right. Thank you. He's my editor. So he's going to edit it if it was bad. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so did you do a thing where um you gave the the creative teams like a certain number of pages like a page minimum or a page like maximum or or did you for you know sake of storytelling did you have everybody do like the same amount of stories or how did you handle that uh, i told them they could do whatever they wanted but the maximum would be 10 pages about mm -hmm. 10 pages uh you know half an issue at the most uh you know but most people do stuff and that's what i think is unique about this versus other people we have a seven page story we have a five page story you read anthologies they're very formulaic there's four pages you know mm -hmm. on the, there's six pages there's eight pages there's ten there's based on printing i didn't want to do that to my writers if you need a fifth page write a fifth page and there was two stories that just like travis i can't do it in this amount of pages i was like then write more pages no big deal <laughs> uh you know, Chuck, for instance, he was like, hey, I have this really good idea for the story, but I can't do it. I can't do it in eight pages, but I can do it in two, four pages split up. So Chuck's story is split up into two parts. There's a part one early in the book and a part two that happens later. So his actually takes place in two different parts of the timeline. You know, so his is on like day 27 and day 125 because things happen in between that gap. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of cool. Uh, allowing the freedom and allowing the writers to to kind of dictate what that looks like, you know, and what they can afford because anthologies are expensive for creators uh, and development teams. Yeah. So uh, I I think we covered the book a lot. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, Kickstarter. Um, how are you guys? You know, depending on who I'm talking to, you know, you guys might be involved in, in a number of different anthologies and a number of different capacities. How are you maintaining your, your sanity and, and not hitting the, uh, the refresh button every, every 30 seconds? Or are, or are you hitting the refresh I'm button not. every 30 seconds? I was yeah. legitimately hitting the refresh button when you were saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I did and, it earlier in the show. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have a, a big uh, update from a big uh, Kickstarter that has like 900 backers that just posted me and I just keep waiting for, for people to like my book and they don't like me and I'm sad. And it's probably just because it's dinner time and like we have an election and things are crazy. I'm sure mm. they'll come, but uh, why aren't they here yet, Matt? <laughs> I, well, that once the once once they hear this uh, this interview, they'll they'll they'll, they'll be they'll there. just come. <laughs> yeah. So you guys also got uh, for this. You got the the projects that uh, we love uh, tabs. That is that correct? Uh, how how many? How much into the the campaign till till that showed up? Day two. Day two. Yeah. yeah, I think it was day two. I I, I believe it's Stony. Uh, it's uh, projects we love. I will Stoney. take the credit. That's <laughs> yeah. at least Stoney's what brought us over. You know, they're yeah. just like, well, we didn't want to give it, but who the hell is Stoney and why could he do everything? <laughs> <laughs> Originally, they were going to give us people we love, but they were like, no, 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 no. We don't have that yet. We're not going to make one up for him. So let's just stick with Project. We already have something made up. So <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, so Travis, are you uh, at this point? Are you handing sort of like most of like the 
the, the the function of of running the campaign and 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 Chuck and your wife are sort of the ones that are in the background doing like the production and stuff like that. Uh, well, one of my flaws as a human being, Matthew, um, is I control way more things than I need to, uh, okay. and I'm really bad at it. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't mean to be uh, because I'm really good at uh, collaborating with people. I'm just not really good at letting go. Was that, that a fair statement, editor? <laughs> uh, yeah, and and you're not alone. It's something that you and I share, so we're fine. Like I, <laughs> I when he when he doesn't relinquish right away, I'm like, yeah, I would do the same damn thing. So not really gonna complain. Um, so no, I'm doing both really. Um, uh, you know, the proofers are reading it. Um, I believe Wendy's Wendy's proofing it and. Mm -hmm. and uh and then uh you know anytime we send it out to people and and the teams are proofing it themselves they're saying i i don't like this or i don't like that so the proofing is kind of happening in the background we're going to really get on that i'm running the kickstarter but both you know chuck and sony chuck was on one last night uh tyler carpenter show which i thought he wasn't even doing shows anymore but chuck is getting him on shows doing stuff <laughs> sony's got one tomorrow running a show uh talking yep. about the campaign so these guys are killing it and doing the work to help me to, to produce this. And I'm so thankful because it is the biggest goal and I'm losing sleep. It's crazy. Like it's so much different uh, when it's just a broke down or Voodoo Nations because if I fail, I just let myself down, mm -hmm. right? Like nobody really affected, but all these guys have been working for years and, and showing me art and loving this project and I have to produce for them. So how can I do it? Um, and it's a bigger number than I've ever raised before. How do I do it? How do I make sure they're part of it? How do I get it? So every, every lost backer, every dropped pledge is a, a stab in the heart. <laughs> but yeah. we'll make yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah. Um, at the time of this recording, we're about at the, the, the halfway point of the, the campaign. Is that, is that right? Uh, I don't even think quite there. Yeah, we're not even quite there. It's 20, 20 days left, so we okay. still got a few more days. A third? Yeah, a third of the week here today. But I, again, I'm used to uh, for Phil, I'm used to being done in a week, so it's mm -hmm. it's it's a thing, and it, it's tough, you know. And the election, everyone felt it yesterday. No, no one got a lot of bids yesterday. Dude, um, it was yeah, like on every single project that I was a part of, it died yesterday. Like there was certainly there was still a little bit of movement. But it was rough yesterday and even today. Yeah. So uh, I'm not I'm not concerned about it because I, I see that everybody's doing stuff. It's just, you know, scary. Yeah. So uh, I want to ask Chuck a question running, uh, you know, running a Kickstarter yourself where you're the, the, the main force of that and being involved in this. Are, do you have do you have two browsers up that you're refreshing or are you uh, going into Kickstarter and, and changing back and forth? How, how are you handling that? Four browsers actually four browsers open yeah, and you're, yeah, you're hitting refresh on um yeah so obviously like the nice thing about cthulhu is i'm not watching it as closely i can kind of kind of step away from that one but it's still like it's there in the back of your head and every once in a while you're like so how's that one doing again and you're looking like oh we had a big jump you know um so i don't feel as necessarily beholden to that because there are so many other people pushing it meanwhile with uh, Belial and Essence House, I am a co-creator, so there are two of us, but I do have more free time than the other two guys that I work with, so um, I'm kind of pushing those a little a little harder, so those ones I tend to watch, but yeah, I have four, four tabs open all times. So since, since we just talked about that, why don't, you, uh, why don't you pitch those other two projects to us? I would love that. Okay, well, the first one is Essence House. It's uh, an audio drama, a sci-fi audio drama about a family who all grew up together in this uh, in an ancestral home that had been in their family for quite some time. And um, there ends up being a tragic accident and the families all separate. And so about 25 years later, one of the guys, Tim, comes back and he's asked to take care of what is now the, the plaza because the home has been destroyed and they've turned it into a plaza. And as he starts to take care of it, he realizes that there's a lot of strangeness going on there. And as he investigates even further, he realizes that uh, there's a piece of the house still remaining and it holds secrets to not only um, their family's roots, but perhaps to even saving the world. So and, uh, 
that's a uh, an actual it's an audio drama that we started at uh, it was originally a NaNoWriMo gig that Eric Cockrell and I were going to work on and we ended up uh, deciding man like right now we have 17 out of the 20 chapters out for people to listen to and we decided let's make it a novel so it's on Kickstarter right now that's cool so it's an audio drama is it sort of uh you know is it uh, sort of acted out like uh different voices or is it uh is it uh, is a combination of some sort of narration and then sort of some you know key points acted out how, how are you handling that it's kind of like uh, it's more like an audiobook, mm-hmm. but there's um, a lot of really good. Uh, my my partner is an, a sound engineer, so it's got a lot of good uh, production sound effects and whatnot. And our voice actor does voices, so it's a lot of him changing his voice, and sometimes it's a little more feminine and whatnot, depending on the characters and such. So uh, yeah, it is one voice actor, but it does have that feel of being maybe almost more like a production without actually being one. And is this the first sort of audio drama you've you've taken to, to Kickstarter? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's the first one we've even done. We were just like, want to do something different? Yeah, okay. So we jumped on that and um, it became actually kind of su- successful. And it was really coming together nicely. And so as we got into season two, we were like, dude, let's just make this a novel. Like let's, all the chapters are coming together and we knew what it was building up into and um, so we just we, we did that. And now we've got the novel coming together. And it's been a, an amazing journey, honestly. Yeah, that's really cool. And is I, I'm wondering, is the the uh, for for you as a, a creator is is the appeal of an audio drama that once, you know, once it's done, you're able to sort of deliver this like straight to like, uh, you know, inboxes and, and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah i mean what was nice was with the audio drama every two weeks we were dropping something on the podcast networks it's on all the major podcast networks look go look essence house and you'll find it and so it was nice because it was like developing a tv show and the thing is it's like we've all worked on comics man you're gonna get like if you push your butt off you're gonna do like three a year Mm -hmm. and meanwhile we literally launched the first episode january 1st of this year and two days ago we just dropped um episode 17 so like that's just that's unheard of you can't put out 17 issues of a comic on your own and so this just allowed us to do so much stuff with story that we just never would have had the opportunity so it it does feel more like what you would assume making a, a tv show or something like that is like. Awesome. And you also have you also have a comic that's currently on Kickstarter. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> Heck yeah, I do. <laughs> um, Belial is the original creator of Hell. Um, his uh, the Lucifer came and usurped his powers and gave them to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And ever since then, he's been living in his crappy little bar, uh, living his his life away in boredom and in frustration as it has been. And finally, he decides, no, screw that crap. I've had enough. And he he decides to take on the Four Horsemen, take his powers back so he can uh, fight Lucifer and take back hell. And so it's a little fun hell comedy, very, like, raunchy kind of. We like to say it would work really perfectly on, like, an Adult Swim mm-hmm. sort of uh, platform. And so, yeah, man, we're having a lot of fun. Uh, it's doing fairly fairly well on on kickstarter we're funded we're into our stretch goals and uh it's coming along nicely nice and this is issue two that's uh, is yes, that sir. correct yes. and do you, do you do you have a plan for how many any issues you want to do it's going to be four issues mm-hmm. i had the story all um as as an editor i'm really big on you have to have outlines you have to know where you're going um you need to know you know all your pillars of story and everything so i had that all worked out so yeah it's it's four the fourth will probably end up being a, a larger sized issue but uh, they're all 32 page issues and then uh, we're gonna run into that final fourth probably bigger issue and I'm pretty sure this is the case, but for anybody who comes into this Kickstarter as issue two, they would have the the ability to to get one and 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 get caught up to to this point, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, the magnificent thing about this one is that our biggest tier is the catch up tier. Okay. So that means that as far as trying to bring in new readers, we've done our job there. So it's been really, really amazing to watch. 
Okay. And I want to, I want to check in with, with Stoney here. And I, I have a couple of questions and these might be a, a little selfish um, as trying to, <laughs> trying to get an insight into a writer. Um, so you were able to win the, the mad cave talent search. Um, was that sort of your first foray into to comics or were you doing, you know, indie stuff, uh, Kickstarter stuff, self-created, self-created stuff uh, before that? Uh, how, how did all that work out for you? So Mad Kiev was, I mean, pretty much my first. I, I, I submitted to the Top Cow Talent Hunt in 2016, and that was the very first script I'd ever written. And between there, I wrote two others just for myself. Mm-hmm. They weren't even full scripts. They were just ideas that I had to get out of my head. And, and so they were, you know, four to six pages. And then um, I actually had a podcast and blog that I ran with my best friend, Aaron, and we reviewed uh, color books and color book movies and, uh, we had both gotten busy and, and the podcast had already uh, went by the wayside, but we were still doing reviews and Mad Keeve approached me about reviewing their books, said they were just about to announce a new one and wanted to know if I was interested. And that's, and looking into them that way was how I found out about the talent hunt. And I had all these ideas. I had read their first two uh, series that they had. It was uh, Battle Cats and Midnight Task Force, mm-hmm. which was a cyberpunk comic book. And uh, I just, I loved them. And, and you could do um, one story in, in each of them. I think they were like uh, uh, four, four to six pages each. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had these, these ideas that I was really in love with and, and I wouldn't shut up about it. I was telling my wife all these ideas I had and what I would do with it. And finally she was like, you really want to do this. This is important to you. Like shut up and do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so, so I did. And uh, it was late. I only had like two weeks left to submit uh, when I when I did, and then uh, I got an email right before it it closed saying that uh, they I won and they wanted to know my page rates, which I panicked over because I had no idea, right? Like I had no clue what to even tell them. So I actually um, uh, messaged Ryan Katie from Top Cow on Facebook, and I said, Ryan, uh, they've I've won and they've asked me for my page rates. I have no idea what numbers to use here, like. Uh, I've never done this before. I have absolutely no experience. Like I do this for free and they want to know my page rates. I have no idea what to tell them. And so he gave me some really cool advice and told me what different uh, publishers had offered him. And mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know what their budget is, but this is the range that, that I'd look at. And um, so, yeah, it was, it's my first uh, published comic book. Uh, my, the scripts I wrote for the talent hunt were my third and fourth scripts ever. Wow. So. And the, the book that you're writing currently for Mad Cave, what book is that? It's called Villainous. Mm-hmm. And it's it, my understanding from some of the other folks that I've talked, uh, you know, I've had like Anthony Cleveland on who does the, um, the, the shows and, and I'm drawing a blank and I know you guys are buddies with him. Uh, the, guy from Sa- the guy from Savage Bastards. David Galliano. David yeah. Galliano. Yeah. Um, so with, with, with Mad Cave, you write a story for the talent search that's in a property that they own, but then they sort of, is it, is it correct that then they sort of have like IPs that they want to sort of generate from there. And then they try to find one that's a, like a best fit for you. So for the first two talent hunts, that is the way it works. You, mm-hmm. you wrote within their established worlds and then they worked on new ideas with you. They approached me with two ideas and, uh, uh, I, I got to pick which one I thought I would do uh, the best with. I, I came up with like three, three or four ideas in case they didn't like the, the first one I liked. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, and I know with the second round of talent hunt winners, they did the same thing with this last round. Uh, I think the, the process of entering was the same, but I think all the talent hunt winners are going to be in one anthology. Okay. I don't know that they're getting their own IPs. Yeah, they're they're doing a Halloween thing for next year. Yeah, nice. So, um, issue one of uh, of this book is out, and issue two is 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 coming out very soon. I know that like twenty twenty has thrown us all for a loop, but when that first issue came out, did you did you make a trip to the shop to to see it sitting on the shelf uh, and and just sort of take that moment in? So I actually live way, way, way out in the country, like way out. There's more cows than people <laughs> out here. 
so I, I didn't go to the comic book shop right away, but I did call around and, and ask if they had it on the shelves and, and find out which ones in my hometown. And I, in fact, sat down and called every comic book shop in Oklahoma, my home state, uh, to see who had it and, and what the status was. And uh, there were a couple of shops that sold out. There were also a couple of shop, shops that had no idea what I was talking about. Uh, but I, I was very excited. And the reception is, has been phenomenal. Like I, I, I am so lucky to have gotten not only this talent hunt, but the group of people on my book. It's, it's been incredible. We sold out of our first printing. and I'm going to go to a second printing. So uh, it's just been a phenomenal experience all the way around. Very cool. I'm 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 excited to 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 hear that uh, that that uh, that Mad Cave talent search has certainly turned out a lot of uh, really great books. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. So um, I think we 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 covered a lot of the the Cthulhu invades Oz, and we talked on on some of the other other projects, but. Um, as we close up, I'm, I want to give everybody a chance to, 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 you know, give us a call to action. But uh, Travis, how about if we talk about um, uh, the Great Commandment anthology? Both of us are, are in that as well, as that's one of the, uh, the items that you have on Kickstarter. What was the, the story you did in, in, that, sto- in that book? Uh, my story is called uh, You Know Nothing About Love, and it's about um, Lucifer and Angel Michael. Um, and basically, uh, them, them kind of battling over, uh, when, when the fall of the angels kind of went against each other and half them fell for demons, there's this, uh, angel that falls in love, uh, with another angel from the other side. So, uh, you know, he decided to go just like anything in a civil war, he chose the wrong side and now we can't see her anymore and what that looks like. And I, I kind of tackle that and through history, uh, through biblical history, what that looks like. What's cool about this particular stuff is a lot of people know that I, I have a pastoral background. All of this story was written before any of that. So none of this is using any of, of my actual background in theology. It's actually just stuff that I wrote. It's an old script that I had um, that I felt would be really fit what they looked for. And it works really well. It's actually a continuation of my story from my faith. For anybody who read Why Faith, I have a story in there where Lucifer basically buys the souls of, from a girl. She, he buys the souls that she, he has on the side. Um, they, this lady buys souls when she was a kid for a carton of milk. She buys six uh, kids' uh, souls for, for cartons of milk, and then they die, and the devil's like, the, the angels and devils are like, hey, we need those souls. They either need to go to heaven or hell. Like, you cannot have them. <laughs> like, this is a kind of a continuation of that, of the Lucifer character meeting up with other people and talking about that world. That's very cool. And it's awesome that you were able to tie it into to the why faith and in and, and continuation. That that's 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 pretty awesome. I have a uh, I have a story in there called uh, tablets. Um, I was thinking about uh, uh, my kids and how much time they spend with their heads down in, in their in their in their iPads. So we like to pitch it as uh, they live, but instead of sunglasses, it's it's iPads that are giving you the 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 real messages. So uh, that was a lot of fun to do. I didn't actually have the the full story. I just sort of had sort of the basic idea. And I this is actually the first one I actually wrote with a with a co-writer. So that that was that was pretty interesting for for me. And I love your art. Uh, your art is one of the best in the book, in my opinion. Like, I really love that art. It's very eye-catching. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was um, uh, Ertan Sehan. He's a guy who's uh, colored a lot of stuff for me in the past. And he we, he and I were talking and he's like, I really want to take the the step to, you know, doing the line art. So that was that was uh, that was that was his first real, you know, sequential storytelling, which was pretty impressive. Nice. That's great. Um, yeah. So, all right. So let's do and that's the, uh, funded, right? Or did it, it's very close to funding. It is, close. it's about $250 away from funding. We're, we're about to push a hundred backers. So nice. yeah, it's, it's, it's a really great story. And uh, you know, I just to, I know we all probably feel this way, but I'm, I'm just really happy for, for Jack because in a world of so much sort of negativity, he's just such a, positive force and you're very supportive so uh, i'm just happy to to be able to be part of these books and and to see him succeed and stuff like that right exactly yeah 
All right, so let's do let's do the uh, let's do the calls to action on the way out. And since uh, Stony was the the last to sort of get the the interview questions about his Mad Cave books, let's do let's do him calls to action on the on the way out. Where where can people find you? And um, you know, issue two of the book of the book is coming out, but they should certainly tell their shops to order it. So how about if you give us a pitch and tell us about the book? Sure. Villainous is about a sidekick named Tilly who is a reptile girl and she enters the world of the premier superhero team uh, and things don't go the way she expects. The life of a superhero isn't quite as glamorous as she expects. She uh, stumbles on some secrets she wasn't meant to hear and things kind of snowball for her from there. Uh, Issue one is already out. Uh, Issue two will be out in a week. Um, pre-orders for issue four have just started um, and uh, you can get it through your local comic book store uh, you can get it through the Mad Cave website madcavestudios.com um, if your comic book store has any trouble getting it they can always contact Mad Cave directly they are great with comic book stores and getting them orders and such um, yeah very cool and I'm going to get on my uh, soapbox for for indie comics and, and pre-ordering it's it's very important to to pre-order your indie comics you know it's not it doesn't have a picture of Batman or Spider-Man on it so it's very <laughs> it's very important to let your shop know that there's there's interest in this book so that they they order copies of it absolutely awesome. True that. so Chuck um, how about how about you actually Stony do you have any social media handles you want to you want to give out so people can can you know stay up to date on on your stuff Bald bearded bard uh, everywhere. Um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, uh, art station, bald bearded bard, all one word. That's me. Awesome. I'll have links to that in the show notes. Thank you. Uh, cool. Chuck, uh, how about you? Let's, uh, let's pitch some projects and uh, give out some, uh, some handles for, for folks to follow. For sure. First off, Stony, well branded. I like that. Good Thank job, you. Buddy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So first off, Belial. That's the big one. Belial issue two. You can find that on Kickstarter if you're looking for the original creator of Hell. He's here. He's back. He's bad, and he's ready to take everybody on. In this issue, we're going to see him up against pestilence and famine again to get some, some more of his powers back. Take it. Take Hell back from Lucifer. Um, you can also go to Essence House. You can find us on any of the podcast stations. Or, of course, you can check out the novel here on um, on Kickstarter. And I think what's great about it is if you're unsure whether you want to pick up the novel, literally you can listen to more than three quarters of the entire book on the audio uh, on the audio drama. We will be fleshing scenes out and making it bigger, but it's still, it's all there. The story's there. So if you like it, pick it up. We'd love to see you there. Um, uh, you can find me, uh, on Twitter at Chucky pin. You can find Chuck P I N E A U on Facebook, on Instagram. You can find my Chuck's raw reviews where I talk about, uh, independent comics that I've loved and enjoyed. And, um, hopefully we'll see you around. Awesome. And, uh, Travis, how about, how about you? How about, uh, pitches for, for projects and, and handles to, to follow? Well, we could definitely do that, but uh, Chuck forgot if he gets he's an editor sometime. Don't you have a thing that you've edited <laughs> or two that's on Kickstarter as well? Um, yeah, I, I might. I also have, uh, I also have um, Crusade of Dracula, of course, which is on there, done by Joseph Dewis, who's an absolutely amazing dude. Um, it is the original story of Dracula. So you get to go back to, I believe it's the 15th or 13th, I don't know, it's the 1400s, and you get to really find out uh, how Dracula was raised and everything that happened with him, and it was really interesting going through that story, because I remember at one point, I'm like, oh, hey, what if we do this? I think that would be a really cool move, and he was like, no, you can't do that, because that didn't happen, and I was like, <laughs> oh, 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 we're being, oh, okay, cool, fine, no problem, I get it, so um, Joseph really has his history down, and really makes it pop and it's exciting. And so I think you guys will just adore the book like I did. And you're involved in a, another book. Do you, do you know what book that is? Uh, there's a fourth book. I, I, I'm trying to think of which one that might be. Um, I well, actually know of two more that he's involved in, but I'm not sure which one you're pitching. Oh, no. <laughs> um, 
Well, I mean, Cthulhu invades yeah. Oz. I'm yeah, a big yeah. part of that one. Um, uh, there's another one. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, there's a bunch, right? Uh, oh, okay. Well, actually, so there's one that's happening right now. It's with Thomas Tenney and um, cult director Kevin Tenney, uh, cult horror director. Sorry, uh, Kevin Tenney, and he is coming back. He uh, Kevin hasn't done a film in a while, and so he's going to create a graphic novel with us, and it's called Tomb of Terrors. And uh, it looks really cool. I'm very excited for that. I'm literally going, he sent us a movie style script that we're going to adapt and turn into a graphic novel. Um, I'm very excited about that. It is so cool. I think you guys are going to love that. And of course, the, the level of talent on it is ridiculous. So um, we're working on that as well. And that's happening. And so, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> you, 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 you're, you, you certainly have a lot of irons in the fire. I do. <laughs> There's more, but I'm going to let him finish. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I think that's all of them. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're involved. You forgot about uh, Indiegogo. Oh, that's right. I have the Indiegogo one. I have one on Indiegogo as well that I edited. Yeah, see, dude, I'm literally losing count. I also have one on Indiegogo that's called Count Blood. I did that back in like 2017 or something. And it suddenly came back and like, hey, the book's done. And here we go. And I'm like, okay, cool. So if you guys like um, Dracula as a horror uh, superhero, hit up Camp Bl Count Blood. Nice. And uh, Travis, uh, how about how about you on the on the way out? Uh, pitches and uh, and handles to to follow. Well, since it's November fourth, I think we need a recount on Chuck's numbers to make sure they're accurate. So <laughs> fake news. We're gonna, we're we're gonna, gonna just do a quick recount. Uh, maybe I could watch him as he edits to make sure that they were all done properly. <laughs> that he's gonna find out he's got three more projects that he uh, he forgot about. <laughs> And Chuck is winning in the comics by an additional three points. He may be winning, but he's losing sleep. <laughs> he also claimed four more seats on small publishers such as Source Point. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, me, yes. Live, I have three Kickstarters uh, that I'm part of live. We just talked about the Great Commandment. Uh, mm -hmm. Our uh, commandment. Uh, check that out. Uh, Jack Holder, we did uh, great stuff. If you love Matthew, love me. It's a, it's a match made in heaven. It's fantastic. You'll, you'll love both of our stories. They're very different, but very cool. Uh, that's an anthology piece, uh, very close to funding. Uh, also a little book called Nightwolf uh, by Rob Mult Multari. Multari. Yeah. Um, I did a four page back with that. Uh, so Rob did his trade and in that, what he did was every issue, he had an additional four pages created. So we had Tyler James uh, from Comics Tribe do one. He had uh, Madeline, um, I can't think of Madeline's last name. Holly Rosen. Holly Rosen uh, from uh, Boston Metaphysical Society. Uh, oh, nice. He had Kevin Joseph from Tarte. And then he decided to slum it with me and give me a throw me a bone. Uh, so I fill up that last spot. Um, uh, so, you know, he made bad life decisions, but it's done. It's a done deal. So what, what do you do? Uh, so I'm in that trade paperback. Um, and, and I have got 50 of my greatest friends doing Cthulhu Invades Oz. You can see us at CthulhuInvades.com. Uh, this is an amazing book that you're going to want in your collection. We have three awesome covers. We have a lot of really cool stuff. I really think there's something in here for everyone. Some of the greatest talents you've ever assembled. Uh, a lot of these guys are going to be making really big names for themselves. There's a big signature part in the back. There's all sorts of really cool things that make this book really special. So definitely take part. My handles are Jester Lou on Twitter and Facebook. Why I'll tell you when, I'll tell you whenever I do that comic, um, and then <laughs> Travis Gibb on Facebook. You can find me everywhere. I'm posting, doing videos, doing all sorts of stuff. Or I'm on Matthew's podcast. You know, I'll be in the next 50 episodes or so. I'll be hanging out here. We'll be talking about something. Sounds good. And also uh, the the key if you if you Google Travis, you got to make sure you don't get the guy from from the Bee Gees, right? You you want to do Travis Gibb comics, right? Right, yeah, please don't. You'll, you will find him. It's negative because he's also in Florida, so it's tough. Uh, he does uh -huh. music uh, like his father. 
Uh, but you will notice that we both have this missing part from our beard, the center of our beard under our nose. There is a missing section that makes us look like idiots. Uh, that is in all Gibbs throughout history. Yes, that's what makes you look like an idiot. Yes, yes. <laughs> I blame the Scottish. Fun fact. So here's a fun fact. My whole life, I loved Highlander and claimed I was Scottish. No one ever told me I was Scottish, but I claimed it because I was like, Highlander's effing cool. Literally, my mother-in-law, uh, when my dad died, decided to give me, here's your history. And I read it. I'm like, I'm effing Scottish. I'm really Scottish. <laughs> It's the happiest day of my life uh, that I, I'm just now confessing to that I've never confessed before. This is live on the air. I am really Scottish. I know I claimed it a long time ago. I am Scottish and French. Basically, if you have a war that you would like to lose, please hire me. <laughs> I am there. I will lose the war and give up my country for you. <laughs> Very nice. Well, guys, I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I had a lot of fun talking with you guys. Uh, it's very inspirational to hear you know, the, the creative hustle that you all have going on. And, uh, you know, we're all sort of, we all sort of run in the same circles, but it's great to see, you know, sort of the collective units coming together and, and making something. So I, I had a great time talking to everybody. Um, but make sure you check the show notes. This is going to have extensive show notes for, for this podcast because we have multiple projects to, to list. Um, for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on social media. Twitter is at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. Um, and I'm going to have a link to the Great Commandment anthology that I'm in. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, everybody, uh, be nice, be safe, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.